Hello, I'm Kate Freeman, and this is The Daily Dollop. On this episode of The Daily Dollop, I'm continuing the chat with registered nutritionist James Kuhn all about building muscle. Welcome back to the Daily Dollop podcast, everybody. My name's Kate Freeman and I'm a registered nutritionist and the founder of The Healthy Eating Hub and The Healthy Eating Clinic. We're getting stuck back into the chat with James on building muscle, so let's get into it. So in terms of the training part, is the training program, does it need to be a certain type or style of training or does any exercise stimulate muscle growth? That's a good question. So uh, (laughs) context, obviously, very situation. Mm. Um, The way that I would explain it is similar to like uh, maybe like getting a tan. So it kind of depends on where you're starting from. So if you've never been in the sun before, you're probably going to get burnt and maybe get a little bit of a tan like by being in the sun for five minutes. Um, But like depending on genetics and how tanned you are, you're going to need to spend more and more time. So basically some form of activity when someone is just starting out um, and even, you know, like we see it in certain studies potentially looking at elderly or something like that, like just being more active and standing up and, I don't know, dancing or doing anything Mm. seems to have beneficial effects on muscle bone mineral density and things like that. And again, obviously, as you go along, there's going to be certain things that are more optimal. Yeah. But at the end of the day, what we know is that basically it has to be what we call progressive overload. So you can't just continue doing the same thing and expecting to continually build muscle. We need there to be, I guess, more and more overload or tension on the muscle over time to kind of cause those adaptations within the muscle. So that might be doing more, if you're training in a gym, doing more uh, either weight, like adding more weight to the bar, doing more repetitions, doing a greater volume of work. So that could be, you know, just doing more sets and reps. Mm. Um, yeah, there's a number of ways that you can obviously add more stress to a muscle to cause those adaptations, but it depends on where you're currently at. Yeah, right. I think that's really, it's it's really goal dependent, isn't it? It's kind of like, what's the person trying to achieve? Um, whether it's like actually looking bulkier or just feeling or being stronger or if it's just to have better well-being long-term over their life, that really it's, that's the key driver of sort of the approach people want to want to take with this, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I guess like if we wanted to get more specific to like the, for those of the listening who want to build like that's their core focus is they want to try and optimize building muscle. Um, I would say, based on the evidence that generally volume tends to tie into it pretty significantly. Mm. So that if you are training in gym, what I would recommend is looking at potentially tracking your gym sessions, so writing down the reps, sets, and exercises that you're doing, uh, and just trying to, I guess, progress in them so that over time you're doing more overall volume of work. Mm. Uh, a simple way to kind of look at that with, you know, the weight times sets and reps, that's how would generally track it that's a little bit uh deeper or a little bit more in depth for those people that are really into training but that's generally how I would equate volume yeah that's good and because then you know one of the things that you and I have talked over over many years 
is the concept of um, people's intentions not aligning with their reality. And just like with food, people think they're eating in a deficit when they're not really. It can be the same with exercise. This is this is a side note that I was just thinking where I was starting to like do a daily walk routine and I track that naturally in my Apple Watch. And then you can look back and see how often you've done the walk. And I was all bragging to someone one day about how consistent I was being at my walk. Oh, I freaking do that every day now because I think I'd done it like four days in a row. And then when I actually went back through the calendar and counted, I did it 12 times in the month and I was like, no, oh, that's actually not every day at all. You know, and our brains like they make it up. They just make up stuff and we, we tell ourselves a different story to what's really happening. Do you find that that's a, a challenge with working with clients as well? 100%. Mm. Uh, I think it's actually really easy to do practitioner as well. Like I'll find myself <laughs> recommending things to clients and like in the back of my head being like, I really need to listen to this myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think when I was younger, I would honestly, I think one of the biggest mistakes I, I made was along those lines of like in my head thinking, you know, like, or getting frustrated that I wasn't building muscle or, you know, getting stronger faster. Mm. It was only, you know, over time that I realized that like I actually wasn't you know, I wasn't eating enough. <laughs> Basically, you know, like I was trying to, and I guess this is the thing, is like I was trying to both lose fat and build muscle at the same time. So I was kind of like trying to eat in a deficit, but I thought that maybe my training in and of itself could overcome that and that I could do both at the same time. And I think that probably slowed things down quite a bit. Mm, yeah. Well, that leads me on to another question that I had with you is, you know, I was chatting to someone actually just this morning who came in for a body scan and wanted their goal was to build muscle and she had built some muscles over the couple of months since her last scan but she'd also put on a couple of kilos of body fat as well and she was all like oh like what do I do about this and you know I explained to her that it is normal that that for happen but can you build muscle without putting on fat or you know is there a point where it's sort of initially the body wants to put on a bit of fat and it plateaus out? Like what's what's the general recommendation you say or, or is it really quite individual? Yeah, I think genetics plays a huge mm. role in this. Uh, having worked with, you know, a, a fair a few people and just, you know, looking at individuals as well, you, you find that there are certain individuals and, you know, having trained at a CrossFit gym even or any other gyms, I know you used to do CrossFit and stuff like that. Like mm. you see certain individuals who come in and train for – you know, a couple of months and they just seem to, you know, change so drastically and you're kind of like, what the hell? Like I've been here <laughs> for two years and I haven't seen those kind of changes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it plays a huge role in that. And there is something, I think it's from memory called like the P ratio or something like that, which talks about um, like how much lean mass to fat mass is added and, you know, whether you can adjust that and what impacts that and things like that. Mm. Um, and I think genetics is the largest component. A lot of the people that you might see on Instagram or athletes at the top of their game probably have very good genetics and are probably going to be, you know, adding more lean mass than they are fat mass when they are building muscle. Mm. Unfortunately, for the majority of people, as you correctly said, uh, most of us are going to have to accept that there will be some fat mass added alongside muscle mass. And all we can do is focus on the process and go, okay, well, what can I do to try and maximize the amount of muscle and minimize the amount of fat? Um, and from that, I would say making sure that you're not creating a huge calorie surplus. So we know that 
eating more calories doesn't necessarily equate to more muscle mm. um, above and beyond a certain point. Seems to just kind of add more fat mass. Um, and then, you know, making sure that I guess training is on point. Sleep is also something that I would say is a really big factor in this. Mm. Um, so there's some pretty cool stuff looking at uh, sleep deprivation. And I know that's kind of like, you know, it's, I'm not talking about one or two nights of forced sleep although that could have an impact. But like if you're someone who really struggles with sleep, there's a pretty cool studies both in fat loss and I think maybe in muscle gain as well, showing that like the tissue that's lost or gained when you're sleep deprived tends to be the opposite of what you want. So you, people who are trying to, you know, maintain muscle mass and lose fat when they're sleep deprived tend to lose more muscle and less fat. Um, and the same thing with building muscle in my experience is that if you are poor sleep and you're under-recovered, uh, you tend to kind of, more likely to add less lean mass and more body fat mass. Mm, yeah, I've certainly observed that in clients over the years anecdotally. Yeah. So so I guess people just sort of have to kind of sort of take it, take what their genetics throws them at that point. And there's also this concept of, I guess, like doing it in stages though. You know, I've certainly worked with some athletes who've wanted to, you know, maximize their performance, but they also want to be leaner. And, you know, I've had to sort of say to them, well, the nutrition strategy for maximizing your performance is not the same as the nutrition strategy for losing body fat. So why don't we do this in stages, you know, like in your off season, let's get some leaner. So you still want to be training, but you're obviously not PBing all the time to then, yeah. Is that something that you do with your clients as well? Sort of like staggering the goals a bit? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, I call this like nutrition periodization. <laughs> so similar that sounds to cool. training periodization. <laughs> yeah. Having, um, I guess shorter, more focused periods. Um, and I think this can be good for individuals who do have multiple different goals. So it's going, okay, well, breaking this up into chunks and being able to focus more exclusively on one thing. And I think that definitely benefits certain individuals because it does allow, like, I think sometimes as humans, if we have like a really long-term goal, we can kind of grow fatigued and like lose interest a little bit. And that mm. we see adherence tend to drop off. So by Breaking things into chunks, sometimes I think we can kind of have a more focused and like better effort in a short period, which sometimes works out better. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I would say for myself, like I've done it myself and with clients, um, if it is a muscle building type thing, we might, you know, go through a phase where we do look at, you know, focusing specifically on building muscle and generally that will come alongside performance related goals um, in the gym or something like that trying to, I guess, take the focus off aesthetics a little bit and body image related stuff. So going, okay, well, like, let's focus on performance. Um, let's make sure that we're eating enough for performance and doing all of those kind of things. Mm -hmm. um, and then depending on really how they feel about themselves and how they're feeling in their energy levels and things like that will dictate how long we go for that phase and then, you know, whether we spend some time at maintenance or perhaps we even do like a really brief, period of kind of like a bit of a deficit just to bring things back down before we then look to build muscle again. Yeah, I love it. So I've got one more question for you. What what do you think is a realistic expectation of muscle growth? I think I know what you're going to say, but the reason I asked this question is I had a client just last week who had been doing six weeks on a program, like a exercise program and some nutrition and she she showed me her results and she was like I've only put on 600 grams of muscle in six weeks and she was utterly disgusted at that and I was like 
that's like really good. Um, so can you talk through just the expectations around muscle growth and what's a realistic amount of growth or rate of growth? Yeah. So I'll, I'll kind of quickly preface this by saying like if people think that like fat loss is slow, which, you know, it, it is relatively slow for a lot of people, yeah. muscle gain is even slower. <laughs> uh, so it's kind, of like, it's kind of like watching grass grow uh, to a large extent. Um, and I would say, again, it depends on training experience. If you're someone who's relatively new to the gym, we can probably expect slightly faster, faster muscle growth. Um, if you're more intermediate to advanced, you've been training for a while, then it's going to be a little bit slower. Mm. Generally, what I would say, and this is, again, quite variable, but for beginners, when we're looking at it, because it's so hard to measure actual, actual muscle growth, um, we're looking at usually scale weight. And so obviously there's a lot of going on when we're talking about scale weight that isn't muscle as well. Mm. But typically anywhere from 1% to 1.5% body weight per, I think it's per month usually is what we go for. Um, okay. So that's not a huge weight gain per month. And then going less from that, the more experienced you are. So for someone like for me, if I'm trying to like gain muscle and I've been training for a long time, I'm probably not looking at more than half a kilo a month in terms of overall, or a half a kilo to a kilo of weight gain uh, per month, whether or not, you know, like that's not going to be all muscle mass, that's going to be, you know, glycogen, food, everything else that makes part of that scale weight. Yeah, I really like that. And and it is quite, it is quite individual. It all, it's also true that the females are slower, like we're going to be slower just from the hormone profile as well with our muscle growth. Uh, oh, you're I surprising me with this, this answer. Again. I, <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, yeah, sure. <laughs> like, capacity, I think, is fairly similar. But like when we're talking like relative-wise, it differs or overall-wise. Uh, that's not the right term that I just used. But you know what I mean? Like Because men generally tend to be larger, we tend to see larger gains. But if we're mm. talking about relative to overall body weight, I don't actually think there are huge differences between the two. Um, so, yeah, all the ladies out there that are wanting to build muscle you def- definitely can awesome awesome news so good well james thank you so much for being on the show today we have nutted out two incredible episodes already in that time and um i learned so much so thank you so much you it's so good to see you after all these years. We're Zooming, everybody, by the way. Um, and I'm glad you're doing so well. Hit James up if you have um, some nutrition questions or you'd like to work with him. Like I said, I'll pop info about him in the show notes. Otherwise, thanks for tuning in to The Daily Dollop today. Thanks, James. Thank you. No worries. And we'll see you all in the next episode. After years of being bombarded with diet culture, I so understand that the world of healthy eating is super, super hard. My healthy eating program helps people who are struggling with their eating habits to lose weight, feel good about themselves and eat well for the rest of their life. I do this by teaching one nutrition principle at a time and showing you how to establish this knowledge as a habit in your everyday life. This is unlike any other program on the market today that simply gives you a meal plan, a list of good and bad foods or expects you to change everything all at once. Life's too short to live with food stress. To become a habit builder and not a crash dieter, join my program today at healthyeatinghub.com.au.
Thank you so much for checking out The Daily Dollop. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so that we can spread the podcast far and wide and so you don't miss an episode. (laughs) 